Warning, this podcast is a safe space for all individuals to freely express themselves in the sexiest way possible. Any information or advice provided comes from our own experiences and in no means should be taken as professional advice. We respect each individual and their experiences and have zero tolerance for any rude or unsolicited behaviour. Hi guys, welcome to Project Sweet Loud Untamed Tarts, or as we know it, Project Slut. Slut. I'm a slut. Project Slut, the show that educates and entertains all things sex in an inclusive and positive way. Let's put power back into being a slut and fight back slut shaming with your host, Lavi. Today we're joined by Nikita Jones. She's a Perth escort and someone I've met a few times and, you know, we vibe really well, don't we? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, I'm joking. I love you so much. <laughs> so today you're going to tell me a bit more about your escorting life. Give me all the dirt on it. Oh, the weird and wonderful life of a sex worker. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find sex work so interesting, not just not just the work that you do, but everything that goes into it, whether it's, you know, advertising, booking, actually physically seeing guys and the kind of toll it takes on your like, your mindset and how people can kind of detach and have a whole different life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. So why don't you just start by telling me a little bit about uh, Nikita Jones and how she got started? Awesome. All right. So I started off in the industry when I had just freshly turned 18. Now that is pretty young to even start. Like I didn't, I didn't go to stripping. I didn't go to skimping. I went straight to sex work. Um, yeah. So I was 18, but like I thought about it for a few years when I was actually younger, but obviously you have the, like that thought process. There's a bit of shame and stuff around it. Um, but yeah, no, when I turned 18, like, uh, just personal circumstances led you to certain things and you just got to throw yourself in the deep end. So when I started off, I was working, started off in private. I was there for about, I'd say about a year and a half. So then I got fired and then I started working for Madison Ave in Victoria Park. It no longer exists. I was there till it got sold and mm-hmm. shut off and whatever. But at the same time, I also worked at Lang Trees, mm-hmm. which is like the most expensive uh, bordello in Perth. Um, not a great environment. I left, then kind of did my own thing for a bit. Didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, then actually like had a break. You go on hiatus like you need to. Um, and then, yeah, started working at Club 316 and yeah, just kind of on and off. Did my own thing. Started touring. Touring is a great opportunity for what's, any worker. What's touring? Touring. So that's when you, you can go to each different states and you can work privately for yourself or link up with an agency, link up with a like a brothel or things like that. And yeah, it's just get your name out there. Definitely like, and that's another thing. It's also in the industry, a lot of girls change their names. Like they change their personas. I've been, oh, I reckon seven different girls type thing. And, but like right now I feel very comfortable with being Nikita Jones. Okay, so Nikita's worked many different types of avenues that sex workers can go down. How have you found being a sex worker in the years that you have? So, you know, it's been about what, how many years now? About eight and a half. And in those eight and a half years, how have you found oh. this industry? <laughs> How's it changed from, you know, when you started eight years ago to how it is now? Back when 
I first started, I just kind of always remember this line that another worker said to me. It's pretty much like a rock star lifestyle. You make a lot of money, you make it really fast, but if you do not look after your finances, you'll just lose it. So then it's like you've got something one minute, it's gone the next. Like your life has no stability if you don't have a goal when you enter the industry. Yeah, so like when I first started, it uh, look, it can be quite toxic, especially when I started. I was I was on drugs, not hard drugs, but you know, party drugs. Um, but you would use them to stay awake and you'd be pulling ridiculous hours. And at the same time, I actually did work a normal job as well. So I would be awake during the day and then all the way through the night and then sleep maybe three hours and do it again the next day. You sometimes can fall into some very dark places A lot of people can take advantage of you. And I'm talking, it can be establishments, other workers, your clients. Um, But then you also have the the amazing side of it. You have these men who adore you, who, who want to help you, who become like your regular patrons. You can like make some great girlfriends out of the industry too you just got to know you got to people read if you don't know how to people read probably stay out of the industry you just got to know how to operate you mentioned before about people reading and i feel like from my experience working behind the counter in the sex work industry it is so much about people because some people come in and they're just not the kind of people you thought would be using sex workers some people come in for so many different reasons i remember one time this guy was on the phone trying to book and he was just crying about his dead wife i mean i don't know if he was legit or not oh god i shouldn't be laughing sorry (laughs) no it's fine but i mean i i also found it quite funny i mean you know the conversation kind of went like you know hey i'd like to book a girl but you know my wife's also been dead for four years i'm like okay Mm. what kind of all right do you want a girl that looks like your wife like you know so a lot about this job is people reading and kind of being that you know and you get a lot of odd requests as well like I I have I've had to be married before sleeping with a man due to his religion. So when so when you do people read, what kind of characters have you kind of come across in your eight years of as a sex worker? Oh my god! Oh my god! There is some there are some characters. Oh, there's a few that stand out to me. So like, I want to know them all. Oh well, my favorite ones to deal with is when I'm in Sydney. Oh my god! And I I know I normally work in the West, so I Western Sydney, Western Sydney, <laughs> yalla yalla baby, happy how are you? <laughs> and they just like and they I love it. I just I love them. They are just amazing because each time they come in, they're like they're wearing their Gucci bags. They've got their heaps of money, and I ask them, "Do you have a job?" And obviously they're like, "No," and I'm like, "You're a drug dealer." <laughs> Um, but those boys, honestly, they are actually the kindest boys in the world. But what always makes me laugh, they're always just like, can I have your number, babe? Like, do you want, do you want to go out for dinner? Do you want to ride my AMG? And I'm like, no, not really. Um, I, I like our interaction. If you'd like to see me again, that's not a problem. I'm more than well, like, happy for you to see me again. But not in a personal social setting. Unless it's a dinner date. Yeah, I love. I loved how a lot of these men who do visit sex workers kind of think that they're the exception. That it's just like, oh no, she likes me the most. Oh no, she'll change for me. Oh, majority of them also have wives, and they. That is true. Yeah. That is true. I th- I'm pretty sure that majority of the people that I've seen go through like the bordellos and such 
had wives or girlfriends? Oh, yes, definitely. Because half of them, because uh, half of them um, believe that because they see sex workers and they're paying for sex, it's actually saving their marriage from them cheating on their other halves. And at the same, like, don't get me wrong, it's a very twisted mindset. I get it, but I also understand it. Mm. Like, what would you be more hurt at? Him cheating and actually finding another woman attractive and wanting to spend time with her and not with you, or him paying a girl who has no interest in him to just, um, like, kind of fix up his animalistic tendencies so then he can just go home and be a good husband and not pressure his wife if she's not in the mood and things like that. Every situation is different. Um, not like not judging or anything like that. You get some interesting characters coming through the um, the brothels, whatever you want to call it. You get interesting <laughs> characters. Let's just say that. We'll leave it at that. Mm. I want you to tell me a time where you've had a client that was just on a whole other level of a spectrum that even you were just like no amount of money can do can fix this situation oh okay oh uh, look Mm. i actually got this text message not long ago but he never he like he never booked but like oh he was on another level and it was hilarious he wrote to me and he was like i will like i don't want sex i want you to i i I just want you to hurt me and i was like what do you mean like what like, Does like, he mean like BDSM? Well, that's what I thought. But then I, I further asked him questions. And he was just like, no, all I want you to do is I'm going to pull my genitals out and I want you to drive over them in your car. <gasps> and oh I just my went, God. are you? Are you serious? Surely he's fucking around. Oh, I don't know. But he actually wanted to know the, like, the make and model of what car I had. And I'm like, I have a big ass car as well. And I was like... I'd be sending you to the Royal Perth Hospital, man, if we do this. You'd kill him. Oh, yeah. But then he asked me, he was like, how much would you charge? And I was like, two and a half, two and a half grand. Thank you. Like, <laughs> and you need to sign a waiver that I'm not going to get legally in trouble for this. Oh, literally. Like, uh, if any, like, if I actually did have a client who wanted to go through with something like that, I would, I have paperwork ready to go. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Because you have to cover yourself. Because even in this industry, you need some level of insurance. Um, unfortunately there's not a lot of companies that want to back like a sex worker if you know what I mean but also it goes with um, sexual health testing like you have to do it every three months Mm -hmm. and if you don't that falls on you if you give something to a client boom you're paying their medical bills for the rest of their lives type thing as your time as an escort what have been some of the highlights of your career whether it was clients whether it was when you're touring whether it was the money you're making what was kind of the things that stand out to you more Okay, well, I would say in the past two and a half years since the pandemic started, I've actually, um, the pandemic was a bit of a blessing for me Um, because I know a lot of sex workers, especially in Perth with the hard borders, when it came down, boom, there goes touring. You can't go to other states to make money. I actually didn't care about the hard borders and I (laughs) went to Sydney. And um, You cheeky little girl. What can I say? Sydney loves me. Um, I got stuck there for three months because of the hard borders and all I did was work. And when I did work, I actually made a name for myself there. Yeah, the money I made was just beautiful. It was great. But coming back home, I had to rejig my operation. I had to think like in this new world, I can't keep functioning the way I have been. So I needed to think of something new. So I actually started leaning a bit towards having like maybe one or two patrons 
instead of seeing say 10 guys i only see two guys regularly so it kind of borders lines on a bit of a sugar daddy territory but with that you need to pick i the two men that i have picked they're amazing men like one's about to buy me a new car one has helped me paid off eight and a half grand worth of debt um and these men are fantastic and you can have a bit more of a a bit more of an understanding and a friendship with them as well Mm -hmm. not a relationship never a relationship like do, like that's a big no-no you don't really ever cross into that territory I just kind of rejigged it like that and where I am today versus where I was about two and a half years ago so much better when because you do a lot of growth in that time as well find out a bit more about your clientele what you want set your goals so now that the borders are down it's all steam ahead and like it's just a great lifestyle to be in i get to travel all around perth i get to go on holidays for myself i get to treat myself i get to become financially stable and isn't that what every woman independent woman wants they want to be their own entity you know you talked about some of the perks of you know your career in particular obviously it's a unique and individual to your life and, you know, you said about traveling and making that bit of money and now you've established a kind of a sugar daddy relationship with some clients and that makes your life a lot easier now compared to a few years ago. Mm-hmm. What are some of the downsides that you faced in your career as a sex worker? This industry is based on superficialness, so how you look. A man will choose you on based on how you look and your personality. And if you don't have at least one or the other, you're going to struggle and you struggle hard and you open yourself up to men being so nasty towards you for no reason. I have had nights where I have dressed up so glamorous, so beautiful, gone into like a intro, introduction at, at like a bordello. And you just see this disgusting of a man, one that you would never look at in your whole life, in your, in your normal life. And he just looks straight at you and just goes, oh, I'm sorry, but do you have anyone else? Because she's, she's, I've actually had a man do that before. And I've just gone for, yeah, your self-esteem can, if you don't have a strong enough mindset and everything, this industry can destroy you or put you down a very dark path. It's funny that you mentioned this disgusting guy that, you would never even sleep with judging you because there were times I was, you know, putting girls through intro rooms to these disgusting, literally middle-aged drunk men. And, you know, they were looking at these girls that they would never even get in a lifetime. And they're like, Mm. "Mm, none, do you have any more? Another thing as well, it's not, it's not, I'm not calling them disgusting based on their physical attributes. No, I'm calling them disgusting on their behavior and their lack of respect towards working ladies. Because like, oh, don't get me wrong. Like, and this is the thing as well that always plays on my head. Like in this world, there is a level of superficialness. Like, of course you want to be, spend your time with a beautiful woman, but everyone's definition is different. And of course, like a, as a working girl, you want to have those hot clients because it makes working not feel like working. They might not have the looks, but they are the kindest individuals in yeah. this world. But yeah, as you said, it's the late night drunks um, that just, it's that small minority that ruins it for the rest. For the most part, you know, the people that come through, especially those um, like the brothels and the establishments, mm. you know, they do have quite a respect for women. You do get like the my small minority that treat sex workers like shit. Quite a few men who do come through that are 
quite respectful to sex workers and they're so lovely oh and my God, I just they're so had, nice. You know, you do get some really sweet, genuine clients who yeah. do need to see seeing escorts and like they're quite respectful. Mm. And you mentioned before that you had a really good shift, the last shift you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a really good shift on my last shift because um, uh, I had a disabled client. He was quite young, around 25, 27, somewhere in there. As soon as he wheeled into the like our entrance way of the club I work at I just looked at him and I was just like oh my god like my 16 year old self was like I would date you like you are just so beautiful like he was just handsome as well but and the more I started talking to him I was just like oh we're on like we're on a level like I'm gonna make sure you have the greatest time and that's the thing so if you guys connect your lady who you have booked will always actually go that bit more and beyond if she connects with you that's true because i know that so many girls keep their regular clients because they have some sort of a genuine respect and connection yeah friendship with their clients that it's you know it doesn't matter if you give them a bit of an extra tip or whether they give you a bit of more of an extra service it's Mm -hmm. just that you know that girl is going to go out of her way to make your experience more pleasurable Mm. because you are being you're giving her that mutual respect back oh a hundred percent yes and he couldn't quite use his quadriplegic so he couldn't actually um fully use his fingers to hands he could use his elbows and up to his shoulders but so like i took a mile extra i helped him out of his chair i undressed him i sponge bathed him so like you have to tailor the experience for them but then and then just from there just making sure he was comfortable making sure if there's anything i can do to make the experience and things like that and yeah it was just great the one hour went so fast um and he was so happy that he even texted management he was like i'm so impressed with your establishment i had the best service with nikita um i would definitely be coming back here again that's really nice and I think that a lot of people do forget there is a side of sex work that do offer services to disabled clients because their needs do need to be met and I They're per- human. They they are and I remember it was quite a few years ago when I watched something on the news about a sex worker who only serviced disabled clients and she had a setup where she had a a machine that could actually take their clients into the shower and then take her into the bed and I just thought about wow, I'd never actually thought about a disabled person using escorting services Mm. because there are so many different types of clients that use escort services. Yeah. Not just disabled clients, not just guys who are a bit of a sleaze and just want to get their dick wet. Mm. What you eat in there? Barbecue shapes. Mm, not my favorite shape flavor, to be honest. That and pizza are my favorite. Oh, really? Chicken crimpy is my favorite. Oh, you're like, you're like him. You're like Mateo. Who's Mateo? Ah, man's. Mm-hmm. I'm just like your man's. Me and him will share chicken crimpy shapes <laughs> and you can have the pizza and barbecue ones. Pretty much. So during this week, I posted on our social media asking other people to send in their questions about what they want to ask an escort, you know, kind of things that people might be a bit afraid to, you know, ask in general yeah so we're gonna go through some of them hit me the first one says does it feel weird having sex in your personal life and then having sex for work me personally no because um I, i i i never found it weird to distinguish between either obviously one is more emotion filled so when i actually have sex with someone i like i put more into it Whereas someone who I barely know and don't really have a connection with, very basic. So the next question we have is, have you ever orgasmed 
or really enjoyed any of the clients that you've had during your career? This is so funny. All right, I'm going to keep it short, but this is hilarious. Yes, I have orgasm once with a client. No, it wasn't because I found him attractive or anything. And he had a hook for an arm. What? But, oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you cannot tell me that Captain Hook made you orgasm and give this a brief story. So come on. We're starting. How did you go to Neverland? Oh my God. Okay. So I went to an out call in Australand. So that's south of Bunbury. Yeah? yeah, yeah, South of Bunbury. Um, yeah, uh, it was just, it was so random. He was like this 40 year old Kiwi guy. He had a hook, he had a hook for an one arm. No, he didn't have two hooks, he had one hook. I would just like to say that it was definitely a bit terrifying first meeting him because also it was like 1 30 in the morning, and I'm like, mm, a bit weird, but yeah, I don't know. We just got, we just got into it. I was on top, yeah, I orgasms, and I just, I was shocked. I was very shocked, but at the same time, I was just like, that's put me in a very good mood. I'm happy. I'm going to leave now. And he was happy too. But the hook one just always stuck in. (laughs) I love that. Just got a hook in me, bro. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't now. I'm just done. I'm just done with today's episode. (laughs) So the next question that we have is, do you count your clients? When I was in Sydney touring, yes, because I would always kind of calculate my money based on that. Um, I don't really do it in Perth. There's no point. Um, it's purely just to track finances. Have you ever been with female clients before? Yes, I have. Yes. And how do they, I'm going to add this. How do they differ having female clients to male clients? Um, well, it's, it's, it's just being with a woman is definitely a more sensual experience. Is that what their kind of client, women clients are after? Yeah, majority. Okay, so w- when it comes to a female client, some of them are, are a bit shy to like, you know, just jump in and do a full service. Whereas, so they will actually come in just for a massage. I like to call it, you know, flick the bean for 15. <laughs> um, because they're coming for a massage and then they want like, you know, a hand finish or an oral finish. It's not sex. It's like half sex because sometimes it's just like an intimacy that they're looking for. Okay. So we have a few more questions. Yes. What has been one of your most weirdest requests that you've gone through with? Oh, okay. Um, definitely the feet thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm generally not a fetish dom type of worker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have that, like this one particular client, he lived in a caravan park and he would always come and see me. Never wanted to have sex, but he always wanted to film my feet, like on him, in his mouth, or just like him touching them and kissing them, take photos of it. And like, it was weird because I don't find that very sexual, but like as well, it's a fetish, like you can charge more. So that's probably like the weirdest thing that has happened to me what has been one of the oldest clients and what has been the one of the youngest clients you've ever seen all right youngest straight up 18 if you go any younger than that well, it's called yeah, okay. statutory yeah. rape yeah okay to the person who answered that question <laughs> shame on you <laughs> um the oldest i've ever done was 85 and i was 19 years old <gasps> and he didn't speak mm. english and he actually i the other girl i was working with had to go downstairs and get him and help him get into the elevator and press the buttons and like yeah man's he, old he, he was old he was old do you think he took any viagra oh he was like a three pump wonder but it was the most painful three pumps i've ever had in my life and then at the end i think this was just like the creepy cherry on top 
he touched my face and he was like, oh, beautiful girl. And I was like, yay! <laughs> Thank you, please get in the shower. <laughs> okay, next question. Mm-hmm. What has been the most you've been paid for a job? I'm going to say $8,000. Whoa. A lot of money. That was like a weekend away type thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what did that weekend away include? Okay, so I didn't pay for a thing. I got paid, which was beautiful. Um, it was a trip down to Margaret River. Lovely. I was there for four nights. I, and like where we stayed was like a beautiful resort chalet. Then we would like go do day trips, Margaret River Chocolate Factory. We went to the caves. We'd go to the beach and have lunch. Again, I didn't pay for anything. Damn, it was fantastic. my offer for this? <laughs> the thing it takes a few years to make that kind of customer rapport. <laughs> okay. And last question. What advice would you give to any girls who are thinking of maybe joining the industry? <sighs> Look, I don't, I, I, this, okay, this is a hard question. Um, only because I'm not saying to women, join the industry. I'm not recruiting by any terms means it's due. To, if you want to do it, go do it. But Honestly, what you need to have if you want to excel in this industry, strong mindset. You need to have goals. Do not enter this industry without goals. Preferably, don't be doing drugs or drinking alcohol on your shifts as well. Solid advice, actually. Yeah. Oh, do not do it. Do not do it. It is just a recipe for disaster and you're opening yourself up to so many bad things to happen. Have a great, outgoing, bubbly personality. Your clients will love it. Management will love you. And if management love you, they will promote you more. If you want to start in the industry, come in with goals. Do you want a house deposit? Do you want a new car? Do you want to go on that European holiday? It's been really nice having you on and just getting to getting to know you a little bit more and getting to know about escorting in your career. And, you know, thank you for answering all our uh, audience's questions as well. I really appreciate that. Not a problem. It is a tough industry. As I said, it's a rock star lifestyle. You can make a lot of money really fast. There are many other avenues that you can go go down and then you can just try them if you want but again totally up to you (laughs) (laughs) oh love it (laughs) okay and so if anyone wants to out there wants to book Nikita Jones how do they do that fantastic so if you'd like to spend an evening with me um you can find me on various uh, sites such as escort and babes um ivy society scarlet blue and we'll chuck your handle in to our instagram as well just like to put out the message there we have fantastic sexual health services in wa such as uh sexual health help uh sexual health headquarters (gasps) yeah i was Um, there um this week yeah fantastic place um even if you're not a sex worker and you are just a young adult and you're not comfortable talking to your normal gp about stis stds infections or anything sexual related hit up the sources such as them. They will help you out. Everything's anonymous. Um, I'll, actually put, I'll actually put the website in, our, um, in the description oh, as well. They honestly, uh, they are the gods. Also for sex workers, we do have things such as Scarlet Alliance and uh, Magenta who love to help you out. If you ever want to know about legislations about going to different states in order of touring and what you can and can't do and what you can say, um, definitely hit up those resources. They will help you out no matter what thank you for having me on lab really and really sl- appreciate and, uh, it project slut yes oh i've been a veteran haven't you oh i know <laughs> that's all we have time for today i hope you enjoyed tuning into project slut stay safe stay whorish and we'll see you soon